This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone, for this special edition of News Center 88, live from the Memorial Student Plaza at Marshall University. For this Monday, September 11th, 2023, I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Emma Johnson. Coming up this evening on your News Center 88, a special segment in memory of 9-11. All on your daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Michaela Wheeler will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast, and John Bogus will be in with the FM 88 sports report. The current temperature outside is a sunny 70, 82 degrees. And now on to our top story. Russia and North Korea say North Korean leader Kim Jong-un will visit Russia, where he is expected to hold a highly anticipated meeting with President Vladimir Putin that has sparked Western concerns about a potential arms deal for Moscow's war in Ukraine. The Kremlin's website said Kim's visit is at Putin's invitation and would take place at, quote, in the coming days, unquote. The visit also was reported by North Korea's official KCNA news agency, saying he would meet with Putin. Associated Press journalists near the North Korea-Russian border saw a green train with yellow trim, similar to one used by Kim on previous foreign trips at a station on the North Korean side. The U.S. government is taking aim at what has been an indomitable empire, Google's search engine. An antitrust trial will full swing force tomorrow in a Washington, D.C. federal courtroom. The case marks the biggest U.S. antitrust trial since the regulators went after Microsoft a quarter century ago to challenge Microsoft's dominance in personal computer software. The 10-week trial comes years after the Justice Department alleged Google abused the power of its search engine in ways that stifle competition. The government says Google's practices increasingly force consumers to settle for inferior search results. The president of Chile issued a fervent defense of democracy today. It was the 50th anniversary of the coup led by General Augusto Pinochet, a coup that ushered in a brutal military dictatorship for almost two decades. The problems of democracy must be addressed through more democracy, President Gabriel Boric said. He spoke at the L.A. Manita Presidential Palace, which was bombed by warplanes at the start of the coup half a century ago. A coup d'etat, or the violation of the human rights of those who think differently, is never justifiable. Borch said in his address to the nation. But many people in Chile believe the 1973 coup was justified, according to numerous polls. Republican Speaker Kevin McCarthy faces a political standoff when the House resumes this week. McCarthy needs to steer the House to fund the government and avoid a government shutdown, but the, Calif- but the California congressman is also trying to launch an impeachment inquiry to President Joe Biden over his son Hunter Biden's business dealings. It's a two-track strategy that may be hard to execute. McCarthy faces hard-right Republicans who reject the deal he struck over the summer with Biden on spending levels and are demanding further cuts. Starting from formal Biden impeachment inquiries could help, but the White House says Biden wasn't involved in his son's work. The toll of massive earthquakes that devastated Morocco can be seen in dozens of remote villages across North African counties disaster zone. In the village of Tafagadi, for instance, more than half of the 160 inhabitants are thought to have died. With most of the community flattened, survivors work today to clear debris, recover the dead, and steer the living away from buildings teetering on the edge of collapse. The villagers worked in a scene of horror. The air was filled with the stench of dead cattle. 
Other animals remained trapped in debris. Bloody bandages were strewn around the streets. Coming up, cybersecurity issue prompts computer shutdowns at MGM Resorts properties across the U.S. That and more news from across the tri-state when News Center 88 returns right after this. Welcome to the WMUL Sports Flavor Parlor at FM 88.1. What can I get for you, man? Uh, I don't know. What kind do you have? We have all types of award-winning sports flavors. Here, try a sample of Ferocious Football. Dean takes the low snap, avoids the rush, will fire it down. he has got wide open. Xavier Gaines at the 15-yard line. Gaines is going to take it into the end zone for a touchdown, thundering her. Wow, that was awesome. How about an earful of soaring soccer? Over the goal kicker's head, it will be a goal. Outside of the box, Jamil Roberts with a long goal. Try Vicious Volleyball. Set up by Coulter for Sierra Bell. Down in a kill and a match for the Thundering Herd, 25 to 21. Slim in softball. Next pitch on the way. Harrell drives this one deep over into left field. Look up and say goodbye. Allie Harrell with a solo home run. Oh baby, this place is popping. Give me a serving of FM88 Sports for each day of the week. Coming right at you, right here on WMUL 88.1 FM. Welcome back to News Center 88, but a best spot news reporting by the Virginia's Associated Press. I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Emma Johnson. A man suspected of killing in Ohio and multiple carjackings in Kentucky is dead after a standoff with West Virginia police outside a gas station where he held three hostages. The multi-state search for David Maynard, 54, ended late Saturday evening at a speedway in a West Virginia town bordering the Ohio River. West Virginia State Police say that this is where a sergeant recognized Maynard behind the counter. Police say a negotiator successfully got two hostages released before Maynard exited the door and engaged the state police special response teams. Officers then fired shots and Maynard died of his injuries at a nearby hospital. WSAZ-TV reports that the manhunt began Friday when Ohio police found a 29-year-old woman tied up with cords and Maynard's 78-year-old stepfather dead. Marshall and WVU have long been seen as rivals, but recent events have called for solidarity. Student reporter John Bogus has details from a rally that happened on Marshall's campus. Students and faculty rallied on Marshall's campus Friday at the Memorial Fountain in solidarity with West Virginia University admits proposed budget cuts. WVU could lose up to 32 majors and 169 faculty members if the cuts happen. Marshall student and event organizer Matthew Lebo says Marshall's standing with WVU is important. The problems WVU is facing are not unique to WVU. The decline in state funding for higher education accounts for the vast majority of theirs and our deficits. The greatest weapon that we have against this is solidarity. While the two universities do not always get along, the possibility of future budget cuts across the state encouraged English professor Michael Shirzadian and Marshall student Ella Hiles to voice their concerns. We understand that what's happening to them is a tragedy for higher education generally. It's a tragedy for our state. It portends perhaps a tragedy for Marshall University as well. This approach to solving budget crises is not sustainable. I know I don't want any of my professors in my department to go. It is a very likely possibility
possibility if these budget cuts don't work, this could happen here. Also present at the Solidarity Rally was three members of WVU's student union. Treasurer and co-founder of the union, Winston Smith, said he made the trip to help inform Marshall's campus of the need to stand together. I think it's important that all the students in the state stand together on the same page and fight for their education over the profit of the administration. I hope that we can get more eyes on the issue and more awareness and support for our cause. A petition to be sent to West Virginia Governor Jim Justice was present at the rally for those interested in signing. Lebo and WVU Student Union were also gauging interest of students who would like to form a student union at Marshall to help strengthen activism on campus. For News Center 88, I'm John Bogus. Thanks, John. Those interested in the petition or a student union at Marshall can email Matthew Lebo at Lebo at Marshall.edu. Once again, that's Lebo at Marshall.edu for more information. Casino and hotel giant MGM Resorts International says a cybersecurity issue led to a shutdown of computer systems at its properties across the U.S. A statement made today from the Las Vegas-based company said the incident began Sunday and the extent of its effects on reservation systems and casino floors was not immediately known. It said the efforts to protect the data included shutting down certain systems. A post on the company's Bet MGM Nevada website also acknowledged that some customers were unable to log on. MGM Resorts also has properties in Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Mississippi, New Jersey, New York, and Ohio. Coming up next, U.S. approves updated COVID vaccines to rev up protection this fall. That and more news from around the nation when New Center 88 returns. Stay with us. Wondering what to do on a dull day? Well, I get kind of tired of hearing that same old music. MUL's got real variety. From jazz and blues to rock and progressive. 88.1's the place to be. I'm at WMUL Marshall University. So there's this guy in your office and he just finished rehab and you don't know how to act around him. Okay, here's a few tips. Don't call him a loser. Do call him Larry, unless his name is John, then call him John. Don't remove the glue from the company envelopes, he's not going to sniff them. Do expect him to meet all his deadlines and don't be surprised when he doesn't. Oh, hey, don't make fun of his addiction. You can, however, make fun of his 80s haircut. For more tips on how to support a recovering user or if you'd like to become one, call 1-800-662-HELP. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted Best Radio News Reporting by the Society of Professional Journalists Mark of Excellence Awards. I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Emma John. Former Cincinnati Bengals defensive back Adam, quote, Pacman, unquote, Jones was arrested earlier today after police responded to a port to a report of a, quote, unruly passenger, unquote, at the Cincinnati Northern Kentucky International Airport. Airport spokesman Mindy Keshner confirmed that Jones was a passenger was the passenger arrested to a prior prior to takeoff. Captain Kevin Clute of the Boone County Jail says Jones was booked on a misdemeanor account of alcohol intoxication, disorderly conduct, and terroristic threatening. 
Jones told WKRC-TV he asked to be moved because the charger at the two seats he had purchased wasn't working and was told they would have to turn the plane around. He vehemently denied intoxication and also rejected the terroristic threat allegation. The deadly firestorm in Hawaii and Hurricane Adelia's watery storm surge helped push the United States to an annual record for the number of weather disasters that cost at least $1 billion. And there's still four months to go on what looks like more calendar of calamities. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration said today there have been 23 weather extreme events in America that cost at least $1 billion this year through August. That breaks the annual record of 22 set in 2020. So far, disasters this year have cost more than $57.6 billion and claimed at least 253 lives. U.S. regulators have approved updated COVID-19 vaccines from Pfizer and Moderna, shots aimed at revving up protection this fall and winter. The Drug and Food Administration decision today is part of a shift to, to the threats of fall COVID-19 vaccine updates, much like getting a yearly flu shot. The Center for Disease and Control Prevention must sign off. Its advisors meet tomorrow to recommend how best to use this round of vaccinations. The shots could be, begin later this week. Both COVID-19 and flu shots can be given at the same time. The head of one of Libya's rival governments says flooding that swept through the eastern parts of the North African nation has left as many as 2,000 people feared dead. The destruction appears greatest in the city of Derna. The community was formerly held by Islamic extremists in the chaos that has gripped Libya for years and left it with crumbling and inadequate infrastructure. In a phone interview with Al-Masar television station Monday, Prime Minister Osama Hamad said that 2,000 were feared dead in the eastern city and thousands of others are believed missing. A major rescue operation is underway in Turkey's Taurus Mountains to bring out an American researcher who fell seriously ill nine days ago, about 1,000 meters or 300 feet from the entrance of one of the world's deepest caves. Mark Dickey is a 40-year-old explorer and a cave rescuer himself. He became stricken with severe stomach bleeding on September 2nd. There were, sev there were several other people with him on the mission to map the deep cave system. Today, teams of international rescuers had brought him up to about level 100 meters or 330 feet from the surface. Coming up next, a special report by Luke Hamilton in memory of 9-11, when News Center 88 returns right after this. I want my Broadcast voice of Marshall University, WMUL-FM. Not all superheroes wear capes. Most wear jeans or sweaters or suits, just like ordinary people, because that's what they are. They are the 1.2 million members of Rotary, men and women whose superpowers are the capacity to care and the desire to make the world better. So the next time you need a superhero, don't look in the sky, look in the mirror. Learn more at Rotary.org. Rotary. Humanity in Motion. 
Here at the Institute for Better Radio, we're always looking for ways to improve your listening experience on 88.1 WMUL. By using trained monkeys, we try out new innovations here before bringing them to you, our listener. For instance, how does no commercial sound? Smashing! How about a wide music variety? Outstanding! Because we're not money-driven, we can bring you better radio here on 88.1 WMUL. Now, back to the lab. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Emma Johnson. September 11, 2001, and the tragic events left a scar on the lives of the American people. Student reporter Luke Hamilton has a special report in memory of 9-11. This year marks the 22nd anniversary of the terrorist attacks on the World Trade Center, where 2,606 people were killed. 184 lives were lost after Flight 77 hit the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., and all 40 passengers and crew members died on Flight 93 heading to the nation's capital, but was brought down in Shanksville, Pennsylvania after a group of brave passengers attempted to relinquish control from the hijackers. On Friday, a remembrance ceremony was held at the Pentagon. Many of us have personal memories of what happened that day. An increasing share of Americans don't. They were too young or they hadn't even been born yet. Even so, 9-11 has impacted their lives, and they should know how and why. And so telling our stories helps increase understanding across generations. That was Deputy Secretary of Defense Kathleen Hicks. She spoke at the Remembrance Ceremony on Friday to emphasize the historical significance of 9-11. Hicks's speech came shortly after Admiral Christopher Grady, the 12th Vice Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I ask you to remember this day the pain it brought, but also the unity that it fostered, the determination that it sparked, and the courageous service over self-interest which it spurred. We are all shaped by our past, but it is how we move forward that truly defines us. This afternoon, the annual anniversary ceremony was held in New York City as the bugle played and the name reading commenced. President Joe Biden did not attend as he visits Alaska today to show Americans the impact these terrorist attacks had on every corner of the United States. The country's leaders have always reinforced the importance of remembering the events that reshaped our nation's history and being prepared for future acts of terrorism. These acts of mass murder were intended to frighten our nation into chaos and retreat. But they have failed. Our country is strong. A great people has been moved to defend a great nation. They'll see the names of the fallen on bridges and statues at gardens and schools, and they will know that nothing can break the will of a truly united States of America. The September 11th attack is seared into our soul. It was a day filled with shock, horror, sorrow, and righteous fury. Unity and resilience, the capacity to recover and repair in the face of trauma, unity and service, Last night, the skies where the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center formerly stood are once again being lit up with the tribute in light. The annual display sends up two powerful beams that can be seen from miles around from dusk to dawn in memory of the lives lost. Audio and information courtesy of the Associated Press. For News Center 88, I'm Luke Hamilton. Thanks, Luke. We will now move on to a story about an Ashland, Kentucky resident named Lori Wilt, who knew exactly where she was on September 11, 2001. 
So we weren't watching the news. We didn't really know what was happening. And then our boss, John Gallagher, he had a little TV in his office, and he came in, and he said, you won't believe what's happening, and told us, and I rushed in to see what was happening, and then I was like, oh, no, that's where my brother worked. Lori's brother, Johnny A.P., worked on the 39th floor of the World Trade Center and ran down 39 flights of stairs just in time to escape the building's collapse. Well, he said he felt the building shake, and he just had a bad feeling, and he didn't wait around. Like, they were telling people, oh, it's fine, don't, you know, you don't have to worry, and he just thought, no, something's wrong. And he didn't even take any of his belongings, he just started running down the steps. And then when he got to the, to the bottom, the building started to collapse. But where he lived at the time, he lived on East 89th, which is far from the World Trade Center. And he had no way to get home because there was no subway service. There were no taxis. So he had to walk home like 10 miles. Communities and family all around the world and the tri-state felt the impacts of September 11th and the tragic events that unfolded that day. And coming up, Michaela Wheeler will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast, and John Bogus will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. Stay with us. It's important that healthcare providers, including doctors and nurses, either wash their hands with soap and water or use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer both before and after they touch you. Healthcare providers know to practice hand hygiene, but sometimes they forget. You and your loved ones can play a role by asking and reminding healthcare providers to wash their hands, especially while they're caring for you. They don't mind being asked to wash their hands. They want to prevent infections as much as you do. A message from the CDC. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Michaela Wheeler, and now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. It's a sunny 82 degrees out today. Supposedly, we are currently sitting at the lowest humidity level of the day, but you could have fooled me by the way we're sweating here on the plaza. Tonight, temperatures will dip down into the lower 60s, cooling things down into the 70s for the rest of the week. Maybe we'll be able to break out our fall wardrobe in preparation for spooky season. Today in weather history, on this day in 1988, snow blanketed parts of the central Rocky Mountain region and central plateau, with 10 inches reported at Mount Evans in Colorado. Smoke from forest fires in the northwestern U.S. reached Pennsylvania and New York State. Hurricane Gilbert, moving westward over the Caribbean, was packing winds of 100 miles per hour by the end of the day. Thank you to weather4u.com for that information. Currently outside on the Memorial Student Center Plaza, it's a sunny 82 degrees. That's your Metro Huntington weather forecast for News Center 88. I'm Michaela Wheeler. Thanks, Michaela. Now John Bogus joins us with the FM 88 Sports Report. Thanks, Luke. To begin today's FM 88 Sports Report, the Marshall men's soccer team is off to its best start in program history. After defeating the High Point Panthers of the Big South Conference Friday 2-1, the herd advanced to a 5-0 record. Prior to the match, the team had tied the record the 2000 team set with a 4-0 record when it defeated Pitt 3-1 Tuesday. After the tough win Friday, 
Coach Chris Grassy said the difference maker this season has been the support from Marshall's administration. They were lucky enough to pilot the Alston program with us. That's made a difference. We have more depth. That means we have more talent. That means we have more competition for places. And then they support us with allowing us to go to Brazil in the summer. We've had an extra two months compared to everybody else. In the match Friday, Marshall took an early lead with a goal from Alvaro Garcia Pasqual, who headed in a goal from a corner kick by Alex Sterngard. Scott over to the left inside the box and it's tipped off of the foot of Alex Abril and in the net Marshall scores first 1-0 here in the 10th minute. High Point would tie the match after responding with a goal shortly in the 17th minute. The Herd would once again go to the locker room at halftime with a tied game as it did in the previous match. High Point fouled early in the second half, setting up Matthew Bell to race down the field and find Marco Silva for the goal putting Marshall at a 2-1 lead. Bell, a left to right pass that finds the back of the net. And it's and Marshall takes the lead 2-1. After facing what Grassy called a tough opponent, he said there was areas to clean up before they face its next opponent, Cleveland State. Tuesday. Today was tough because we had two days rest in between. It's, it's very difficult to play with like that little rest. But I would say that we just need to clean up our counter prevention a little bit better, like earlier on, press the ball a little bit better. So it's like that transition where, where as a team we want as little transitions as possible. We want as much control as possible. And so if we allow the other team to make it a, a transitional game, that doesn't suit us. The game Tuesday against Cleveland State will be at 7.15 p.m. at Hoops Family Field. The Herd will hope to increase its best start in program history to 6-0. and zero. You can listen to the match live right here on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Next up, the women's soccer team fell to Liberty of Conference USA yesterday 2-0. The Flames are selected in the preseason poll as the top team in the conference. Liberty has lived up to the prediction so far, holding a 7-0 record after defeating the Herd. Marshall lost its undefeated streak, now sitting at a 5-1-1 record. Prior to the match, the Herd was off to its best start since 2018. The two goals by Liberty in the match came in the 27th and 80th minute. Liberty took a total of 23 shots, while Marshall did not have one. Despite the loss, Alexis Wolgmuth had defended the goal well with 11 saves. Marshall will begin Sunbelt Conference play Sunday at 1 p.m. when they face ULM at Hoops Family Field. You can listen to that match live right here on the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Last in Marshall sports news, the Marshall Thundering Herd football team remains undefeated after defeating ECU Saturday 31-13. No one scored in the first quarter, and the two teams would be tied 10-10 at halftime. Rain made the return of the second half delayed, but when the game finally returned, ECU had the lone score of the third quarter with a field goal. The Herd dominated in the fourth quarter and won 31-13. Rasheen Ali had a total of three touchdowns, continuing a strong start to his Doc Walker award watchless season. Next up, the Herd faces Virginia Tech at Jones C. Edwards Stadium on September 23rd at noon. To close off the FM 88 Sports Report, the NFL season has finally returned. 30 teams have already played their Week 1 matchup, with the only one left being the Buffalo Bills traveling to the New York Jets tonight at 8.15 p.m. The rivalry match will see the debut of Aaron Rodgers as a New York Jet for the first time. The quarterback had previously played 18 seasons for the Green Bay Packers. That's all for the FM 88 Sports Report. For FM 88 Sports, I'm John. Thanks, John. Coming up, Michael Kors pays tribute to Late Mother with Waterfront Runway Show set to Baccarat Tunes. Stay with us to find out more right after this on News Center 88.
no score here at Camp Randall Stadium. Happy to have you along this Saturday afternoon. Back inside Reed Green Coliseum in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Bobby Edding, Sportside, bringing you all tonight's action. Marshall Trail, Southern Miss. On the sky deck from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville, North Carolina. ECU leads the Thundering Herd. To the home center, Boone, North Carolina. Andrew Anspacker on board. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage. WMUL-FM, Huntington. and welcome to the Music Request Hotline. Please state the name of the genre you'd like to hear. Alternative? You said hip-hop. If that's correct, please say yes. No. You have confirmed hip-hop. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. I said alternative. Country you want to hear? No, no, no. Country it is. No, I said alternative. Alternative rock. music. Tired of ignored requests? Call 696-6651 and get what you asked for on WMUL-FM. No, I want to hear jazz. And finally, today on News Center 88... On a waterfront promenade lined with pink flowers and facing Manhattan's majestic skyline, designer Michael Kors paid tribute to his late mother with a show honoring the travels of the, the two enjoyed together. As usual, Kors was joined by a slew of celebrities in a picturesque venue along the East River of Brooklyn's Domino Park. Under the Williamsburg Bridge, actors Halle Berry, Blake Lively, Tiffany Haddish, Ellen Pompeo, Olivia Wilde, Jenna Dolan, and more were in attendance. The runway was heavy on looks. Imagined, one imagined Michael Kors' mother, Joan Kors, who died in August, wearing in the 60s and 70s. Many crocheted or in lace or silk chiffon, including bathing suits and some very short mini dresses. And that does it for this special edition of News Center 88. Tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University in the tri-state area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Emma Johnson, Michaela Wheeler, John Bogus, David Adkins, Michael Stanley, and for the entire News Center 88 team, I'm Luke Hamilton. And your thought of the day is, one of the worst days in American history saw some of the bravest acts in American's history. We'll always honor the heroes of 9-11, and here at this hallowed place, we pledge that we will never forget their sacrifice. President George W. Bush.